not en not, not that I have not encountered, but there are some revelations that I received even as I was sharing. And I feel there are things that we need to learn from the scriptures. In the book of Luke chapter 12, verse 13, it is a story of um, what do you call it? the rich fool. Yep. Are we there? I can see you are there, but let me get my Bible. This is what it says. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possess. And he says to them, okay, just, just go back. Let's first of all not go to the parable of the rich fool because that is the story that we know and we pick most of the time about this, this rich fool. But we fail to understand where Jesus was coming from when he gave that parable. And he says, let me just read um, another version. Just then someone spoke up from the crowd and said, Master, you should compel my brother to divide the family's inheritance and give me my fair share. Jesus answered, my friend, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? Speaking to the people, Jesus continued, be alert and guard your heart from the greed and from always wishing for what you do not have. For your life can never be measured by the amount of things you possess. Please note that. And I like that version. For your life can never be measured by the amount of things you possess. Jesus then gave them this illustration. Now he talks about the wealthy person. But let's first of all hold it there. We see a man coming to Jesus. And he is not alone. He's actually with his brother. Because he's telling Jesus, tell my brother. He's not telling Jesus, come, you will go and tell my brother. He was with his brother there. 
And he must have persuaded the brother. I don't know whether he used some tricks or he had told him exactly what he wanted. But it looks like there was some family dispute on how to share the inheritance. And this man must have had Jesus being the master or the Messiah. He thought, what an opportunity now to involve him in this dispute so that he can help us or help me get my inheritance. And probably he thought Jesus would be very happy with the requests. But we can see from this scripture, Jesus was not amused. And he looks at the man and asks him, who made me a judge or an arbitrator between you? All over you. And then he looks at them, at the cloud that were there, and everybody else. And he chose to teach them the reason why he is not here. And one of the reasons why Jesus is not here is to get involved in our disputes or in our needs and desires to acquire wealth. Is it that he doesn't want us to have wealth? No. But it looked like these people or these men did not understand the mission of Jesus Christ. And the mission of Jesus Christ is what we are going to see. Because he tells him, look, I did not come here to be a judge or an arbitrator over you. And if you can be able to internalize that or receive a revelation of that, Jesus is simply saying, my Lord or my coming is bigger than the affairs of this earth. You understand? And I know we are, we are, we are at the end of the year. And we will, many of us are taking stock. There are those that have achieved what they wanted to achieve over the years. There are those who have not achieved what they wanted to achieve. And we are hoping that next year will be a better year and God will be involved in what we do and will become better. There is nothing wrong in having that kind of desire. But the church needs to understand the greater mission or the greater assignments or the lesson that we are here on this earth. And we can only understand it if we understand the words of Jesus. He says, be alert. Guard your heart from greed or covetousness, and from always wishing for what you do not have. Why? For your life can never be measured by the amount of things that you possess. And we need to speak to ourselves. 
Our lives cannot be measured by the things we do what? The life that I have and you have is more precious, is of greater value than the things that we possess, so much so that we cannot measure it by the things that we have. Unfortunately, how do we measure people's worth? By what they have, isn't it? Even yourself. How do you see, how do you feel when you are, how, how, how do, you, do you say you are, how do you feel your blessing? How do you see your blessings? By the house you, ha you live in, by the car that you live in, by the job that you have. By the number of children that you have and grandchildren. How do you measure your life? Is it by things? That's a question I want to pose to you. Even before we see the parable. And what Jesus is teaching us today is to guard against covetousness. The desire to have what you don't have or more than what you have. And to think that we can involve God in, a, in, in our desire to gain or to have what we do not have. And Jesus says, your life can never be measured by the amount of things you possess. He must have seen this young man or these two men, the one who has the desire to be given the share, and I believe he was the younger one because in the Jews' tradition, the youngest, the elder son is, 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 is given the responsibility of taking care of the properties of the family. And he is the one who decides how to share it. And maybe he had delayed sharing the properties. He may have applied wisdom. Maybe this young man was quite young, not responsible enough. But now they come to Jesus, wanting Jesus to get involved. But Jesus takes the opportunity to speak to us. And the people then and us today to guard against covetousness. What is covetousness? Covetousness is an insatiable desire for worldly gain. Insatiable desire for worldly gain. It's a desire to find fulfillment and meaning and purpose in things instead of in God. And today, my prayer and my desire is that we will understand our role on earth that we are not on earth 
to acquire things. We have a bigger mission. As Jesus would want people to understand that he did not come to judge, to be a judge or an arbitrator over people's issues. Equally, he tells us not to be covetous. We should not think that we can fight fulfillment and meaning and purpose in things. We can only find it in God. And that's why we need to pursue God. Pursue his ways more than we pursue other things. And most of the time we are caught up in pursuit of things. Because we are always feel that we do not have enough. We always feel we do not have what we require or what we need. And that's where the problem is. And then he tells a story that we are all excited about. And we like seeing this, this man as a fool. And he says, a wealthy lad owner had a farm that produced bumper crops. Every year, the harvest was so great, it filled his barns to overflowing. He thought, what should I do now that every barn is full? And I have nowhere else to store more. And then he tells himself, I know what I will do. I will tear down the barns and build one massive barn to hold all my grain and goods. And then he says, then I can just sit back, surrounded with comfort and ease, I will enjoy life with no worries at all. The other, your fashion says, I'll tell my soul, sit, enjoy. You have more than enough. But God said to him, what a fool you are. And I think this is where the title, the rich fool, comes from. What a fool you are to trust in your riches and not in me. This very night, the messengers of death will demand to take your life. Then you will get all the wealth you have stored up for yourself. The same thing will happen to all those who fill up their lives with everything but God. Please note that. Because that's a part that many people don't, do not read. That Jesus says, what has happened to that, this fool, is the same thing that would happen to everyone else who will fill their lives with everything else but God. Praise the Lord. How I pray and wish that none of us here will desire to fill our lives with anything else except God. And that should be the desire and prayer for every one of us. 
even as we, proceed, we continue in this life, year after year, we are coming to the end of the year. We have a new year that is coming. What is motivating us to go on? Is it to acquire more wealth? Is it to build more homes? Is it to get bigger titles? And those are the dreams and the desires. And you'll be surprised when people light their goals and objectives for their ears. They are all about acquiring. They are all about achieving. And there is nothing wrong in acquiring and achieving. But there is everything wrong when you think that when you acquire things, you will better your life. Because that's a mistake. And that's what Jesus is warning us. Having more money will not make me, will not better my life. Driving a new car will not improve my life. It may improve my image, yes. And there is a difference between image and life, isn't it? Because when I drive a new car, everybody will see I'm driving a new car. My image probably will change. But that has not changed my life. Because my life is different from the image. And life does not consist in the abundance of things. Life is more precious than the things that you have. And this is what this fool failed to understand. We are told year after year, his lad yielded. Every year there was bumper harvest. Until this particular year when he realized there is now so much that he has no space where to keep them. And what does he do? He looks at what he has. He's happy with what he has, yes. But what does he say? We are told. What should I do now that every barn is full? I have nowhere else to store more. And this is what he says. I know what I will do. Listen. Let's now look at the story clearly. He says, I know what I will do. And this is what he will do. I will tear down the bands. What a fool. And build one massive barn to hold all my grain and goods. This is how he responds to the blessings that God has given him. There is nowhere he mentions God in this. And I believe that's why he's called a fool. Year after year, God has been blessing him. He's been harvesting heavily. A lot every year. There is more yield every year. 
The business does better than it did last year. Last year. And he gets to this ear that he says now. Here. And it looked like he was not even expecting it. It surprised him that he has more and he has no space. And instead of thanking God, he now says, I will tear down what I have. How many times? I know we don't have a lot. We are probably not like this, this man. But how many times even with whatever we have, do we look at what we have and honor God with it? Because what this man did, he failed to honor God. The reason why he's a fool, he failed to honor God. He realizes that he has bumper harvests, he planted, and he is now about to harvest. There is bumper harvest, and all through, he does not recognize that when he put the seeds on the ground, that God watered those seeds. That God took care of the seeds. That God caused them to yield. That God decided to give him more than he needs. But instead of worshiping God, what does he do? Everybody now knows who I am. His image has changed. But unfortunately, he thinks that it is the things that he has that keeps him going and will continue to keep him going. He fails to understand that what he has, the life in him is more precious than the things that surround him. And that that life does not come from him. It comes from God. Even if there is nothing else that he had, life is precious and it is enough for us to kneel down and worship God. You know, I keep telling you, that when you wake up in the morning, the first thing you should be grateful to God of is that you are alive and that there is oxygen that is flowing and no one is going to charge you or ask you to pay for it. It's obvious, Pastor. Yes, it is. But do you know, that is enough for each one of us to worship God. So there is no one in this house who can say, I don't have enough reason to worship God. But I'll tell you something. There are some of us who feel that we do not have, you know, the problems that we carry, the loads that we have. We can argue and say everybody knows what I'm going through. I cannot be able to praise and to worship like anybody else. No, that's not the case. It should not be the case. You have life. God has given you life. He has given me life. 
I may have more than you do in terms of things. And as I told you, that only improves my image, but not my life. Your image may not be the same as mine, but there is one thing we have in common. We have one life that is given by God. And that should make us worship us. People who praise God, people who appreciate what God has done for them. Let's not be like this man. That's one reason why the Bible calls him a fool. He did not recognize or consider God as the source of his wealth. He was not thankful. That made him a fool. He had an insatiable desire for material gains. He was expanding his bands because he wanted more. He measured his life in the amount of things or wealth that he possessed. How do you measure your life? That's a question that you need to ask yourself. Do you recognize God as the source of everything that you have? Are you thankful to God that you've come to the end of the year? Yes, there may be, have been challenges. You may have been sick like our brother got corona. Don't worry, I also got it. And I got healed. Florence got corona also, you didn't know. But we told you. Yeah, we went through the process. And I know many of you here got it. But God has healed us. Amen? And for that, we are grateful to the Lord. We may not have everything we needed over the year. But whatever God has given us, we are grateful. And even if we have nothing, we have this life. And we are healthy. Amen? That's enough for us to worship God and to thank him. And I would like us to, as we come to the end of the year, the remaining part of the year, can you spare those days being grateful to God? Between now and that first, as you write your objectives and what you need for next year, can you go back and count and see what God has done for you this particular year? And if you have nothing else to thank God for, at least thank him that you are alive today. Because you, have, you are aware that there are people who left this world this year. Some of them are your relatives. Some of them are younger than you. But they are gone. But God has spared you. Shouldn't we be thankful to God? We should, isn't it? Let's not be like this man who was so greedy that he could not even see God in what he has achieved, but he chose to celebrate himself for his own achievement. This is not the time. I know we are coming to the end of the year. As we celebrate, as we enter into the holiday season and mood, let's be grateful to the Lord. Let's take time to worship God. Let's take time to honor God. 
Let's take time to share what we have with others. Because one of the other things that made him a fool, I said he was not only greedy, but he was equally very selfish. He was not ready to share his wealth with anyone else. Can you imagine? With all the wealth that he had, all what he could do is to, to tear the bands so that he can store more. And what I discovered from him is that he has so much because the straws are already full. So he is actually tearing them down to expand them so that he can add more. So he really did not need anything else. What he had already had was more than enough. Mama Moi. All that he needed to do is to say, God, I thank you that you have blessed me so much that my bonds are full. I am going to use the rest of the wealth that you have given me to share it with others. That's where he failed. He had an opportunity to share. Do you know that God will give you things? And sometimes you look at what you have and they are more than enough. The reason he has given you is so that you can share with others. Amen? Let's not be like this fool. All of us have something extra that we can share with somebody. Because even that bell of unga that you can afford, you can only eat probably a quarter of that packet in one evening, isn't it? Why do you want to store the rest, all of them in your store, when your neighbor has nothing? Now I'm talking to you. Because some of us think it's only the rich who should share. All of us have something to share. And when we ask you to bring food stuff to share with others, there are some of you who do not because you think you don't have enough. Yet, when you go to the shop, you buy enough even for the month. Why don't you just spare, say, one day, even if I, there are 30 days, can I give one for one day only to someone else and see what will happen? Even if you don't have food for one day, you will not die. But you have helped a life. Can we, this coming Sunday, as you go to shop for your family, can you shop something extra for someone else? It's a sign of being grateful to God that he has seen you through the ear. And one way of telling him thank you is sharing what you have with others. Otherwise, we shall also be called fools. You getting my point? So we have seen three things that we, from this fool. One, he was covetous. He measured his life in the amount of the things or wealth he possessed. You should not do that. Secondly, he did not recognize or consider God as the source of his wealth. He was not thankful. Let us learn to be thankful. He was not only greedy, but was equally selfish. He was not ready to share his wealth with anyone else. His life was taken prematurely. The messengers of death came that night, took his life, and then the question was asked, now who will have now what you have? Because you had so much, now you've been taken away. The same people you have denied this wealth, these things that I've given you, 
that you've not been sharing now will be taken by someone else, not you. You are gone. And God says, the same thing would happen to anyone else who fills his life with everything but God. And the question I need to ask you, what are you filling your lives with today? Paul writing to Timothy tells him in 1 Timothy chapter 6, 6 to 7. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. Let's understand that. That none of us brought anything to this world. As a matter of fact, we were all born naked. If you didn't know, you came to this world naked. You had nothing. And that's a point that we all need to keep remembering. And we cannot take anything out of the world. All the things that we, we acquire belong to this world. We cannot take anything out of them. They, remain, they will remain here. So, what is important is godliness. And then contentment, which is a great gain. And let, tell, let me tell you something. Contentment is something very difficult. It's very difficult to be contented. I'm being honest. I always find myself wanting more. Even the car that I have, which is a good car, I always feel I could have a better one than this one. The house that I live in, which is a very good house, I always feel I wish I could be living in Modaiga. Praise God. That's who we are and that's how we behave. It's hard to be contented. We have to train ourselves to be contented. And the only way you can learn to be contented is when you become godly. And that's why Paul starts with godliness. Now, with contentment is a great gain. So you need godliness. You need to train yourself to be godly. Because that's the only way you can be able to learn to humble yourself and to accept what God has given you. Without that, you'll always be desiring something extra. And that's why when you ask people, how is life? What, how do they respond, Lucy? 50-50. So-so. Ah, nikubaya. Sidi omu nasemanga? Nikuba? 50-50. Really, will you hear somebody who says, I thank God I am alive. We don't. And that's where we fail. Brethren, 
We need to change. Let's shift our paradigm. Let's realize who we are. What we have is more precious than the things of this world. And if you read down there the same text, you will discover that's where Jesus is talking about seeking first the kingdom of God and telling us not to worry over food, over clothes. And you can read it down there. Because these are the things that worry us. And he asks, what is more important? Life or the food? Food. No. But what do we worry about? It is food. Yet we already have life. Instead of celebrating what we have, we worry. And you know, every time you worry, you are actually saying you do not trust God. Every time you worry over something, remember this, what you are saying is that you don't trust God, that he is capable of taking care of you. When you worry about tomorrow, you are saying God is not able to take care about tomorrow. When you worry about your children, what will happen to them, you are saying God who has brought them into this world will not be able to take care of them in the future. So most of us have sinned against God by worrying. We need to change. We are blessed. Amen? We have this life. And it cannot be measured by the possession or by the things that we possess. No. Don't look at what I have, what you have, and then say, hey, Sister Lucy is blessed. She has moved to a new house. She is blessed, yes, but it's not because of the new house. It's her relationship with God. And God says, look, do not worry about these things. Why? Because the pagans or the people of the world do what? They worry over the same thing. They worry over money. They worry over houses. They worry over what, what the things that you are worrying about. They are the things that the pagans, the infidels, the people who do not know God, that's the kind of life they live and they are expected to live that kind of life. And Jesus wants us. Then we are not like them. That's why we need to be contented and to be happy that we are alive and we are well. If God wants to take us to the next level, he will. But that doesn't mean we do not work. We will work, but we are not working to better our life. We are working because he said, occupy till I come. Because again, if you do not work, the Bible says don't eat. Amen? But we also know that it is not because we work that we eat. Because many can work and not have, have food. How many times do you plant and then not harvest? So really, it's God who provides. Amen? I think that's enough for today. What are we trying to tell ourselves? Let us change. Let us have an attitude of thanks, thankfulness. Let's appreciate what God has done in our lives. Let's pursue godliness, not things. Let us not be known by what we have. Let us be known by who we are in Christ. Amen? And let's not compete with people. 
There will always be someone ahead of you in this life. It is true. But if your life is measured in the things that you possess, you will always compete to have more because you will always fight someone else who have more. And if you do that, then there is no godliness in you. You are covetous. You are sinning. You have forgotten God, though you say you know him. God bless you and keep you and take care of you.